1: This episode is brought to you by Travis Bull Johnson, who is running to represent Minnesota's uh, 7th Congressional District. If you go to bulljohnsonforcongress.us, you can find out more.
0: Spike Cohen.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, how does he prepare coffee? He brews it. Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. No matter where you are, no matter where you are watching this, listening to this, however you are ingesting this content, we say thank you. We love you. And to each of you, we say Bula Vinaka.
1: Bula Vinaka and yes, however you ingest our words the same way we ingest our liquids. As always, thank you for being a part of this. Be sure to, uh, however you are consuming this, be sure to share it. Be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe to it, to follow it, whatever it is you do on this particular platform that you are using right now. And if that platform is YouTube, be sure not just to subscribe, but also hit that little bell next to it. I want your phone to literally explode with notifications every single time we go live. And as always... Be sure to share this right now. Share the gift of Muddy Waters today. Kids love it.
2: Kids love it. Now, we have a very special episode tonight. Uh, we have a guest. Yes. We, we do this every once in a while. Uh, mainly it's when mm-hmm. I don't, I, we don't feel like doing notes. But uh, we have a great guest on. <laughs> we have a great guest on tonight. Uh, he's been on multiple times before. He is yes. the voice of Muddy Waters of Freedom. He introduces us at the beginning of every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, with Spike, with myself, the one, the only, Joe Soloski.
1: Joe, thanks so much for joining us uh, here on Money Waters. Uh, How are things been going? Fantastic. Thank you, both
0: Spike and Matt, for having me. They've been going just great. Uh, I've been enjoying the campaign. Things are certainly starting to heat up now we're only 90 days out <laughs> 60 days out
1: really that's crazy because you have been if i recall you've been running for pennsylvania governor since i believe 1974 it feels like this at this point <laughs> <Pretty close. laughs> when you pretty close uh De- december 5th uh 2020 uh, oh so. is it at, really it was only since then man yeah. i'll tell you it has uh, time <laughs> has been cre- creeping as we've had fun uh but uh yeah it's it's so you've been at this for uh two years now and uh, so it's coming up. We're less than three months out. And, uh, you know, tell us what, what have you, uh, what are your main things that you're running on? I know you said that probably the biggest single thing is that uh, the budget for Pennsylvania has doubled. Is that yes. correct?
0: Yeah, 2002 Pennsylvania budget. And I'm speaking of the operating portion that they always talk about. Um, yeah. You know, our, our legislature and our governor, I mean, they they are supposed to have, the new upcoming budget nailed down by July 1st, every year this year, they missed it. Uh, they finally put something together, but they missed it for a while. Uh, but that operating portion, uh, in 2002, $20 billion. Now it's 42 billion and that's an astronomical increase in just 20. years. The money just keeps rolling in. They keep finding new revenue streams and, uh, the, uh, the economic infrastructure here is vibrant enough that it's been able to keep up. But, uh, dang, uh, they've got a real spending problem here. They never think of cutting spending and that's going to be first on my list. And I'll lead from the top. Uh, I'm going to start with my own salary. Uh, Pennsylvania's current governor, governor Wolf gets a salary of over $205,000 a year, only New York and California beat us. Uh, Two hundred and five grand is a lot of money. So uh, I'm going to be cutting my pay. And I understand the first day I go into office, I'll be operating under an existing budget. Uh, But but I'll have to have the upcoming July budget. And I will be cutting my pay by that time by 65 percent down to just under seventy thousand dollars. That'll make Pennsylvania just under the state of Maine. We will all of a sudden be the lowest paid governorship. In the country, so, so if I can do that, lead by example, and I can't imagine anybody's going to fight me on cutting my own salary. Now I can go to our legislature. They are the highest paid legislature in the nation. Uh, you come through the door, you're making almost a hundred grand yeah. first term, and I think wow. uh, with their yeah, they ha- they implemented of all things. It used to be years ago if they wanted to have a uh, pay increase. You know, it had to be approved. They had to. Pass a bill; it had to be approved. They were accountable to their constituents. Then, not all that many years ago, they they put through a law that basically says, "Hey, we just get an increase every year, automatic January." Thanks. And right now, incoming freshman legislators starting this January will make a hundred grand a year as a Pennsylvania legislator. And we've got two hundred and three of that's, them. That's that is insane. Okay, idiot.
1: so uh it's so two hundred and three. 100,000. So, so they're mm-hmm. getting, am I correct that they're getting 20? Uh, wow. Yeah. So 20, and, and, is that and then, 20 million a year? Yeah. And now you're talking about let's add on our 50 state
0: senators. You know, they're the same neck of the woods or a little more. Uh, we need to be, I need to be able to go to them and say, look, guys, it's your turn. This is what I need you to do. I need you to cut your pay. Cut your pay. You know, this is ridiculous. Not only are you going to cut your pay, uh, we need to do two more things. I want to see ranked choice voting implemented, so I need that bill on my desk. Mm. I need a bill on my desk. It's probably going to take a constitutional amendment, but the residents of Pennsylvania won't fight this one. Let's make our full-time, one of only 10 in the nation, full-time state legislature, part-time. And then after you do that, guys, I need you to cut your pay. And all of a sudden, we will be in line with the rest of the nation. Do I think any of that's going to go over? Oh, hell no. Uh, I don't think they'll even pay me the time of day, but I'll then after cutting my own pay, I'll be able to use a megaphone every day that I'm in office and put a spotlight on what these guys are doing and how they're constantly sticking it to their Pennsylvania constituents. I'll be in the driver's seat. And then um, the other thing I'm going to be doing when it comes to. not just cutting my own pay, but I want to see our state budget cut by at least 5% per year. That's extremely doable when it's doubled in just 20. Uh, There's a lot of waste. I saw a a, uh, news story come across today. I I don't know if it was the Department of Labor in this industry or what Pennsylvania department it was, but uh, they've got over $700 million allocated to update their website update their website. You're talking three quarters of a million dollars.
1: That's quite and, a website.
0: That's- oh my God. And when they're done, it probably won't work well. So this is the kind of places <laughs> we a lot of waste. Um, and what I'm going to so- do every year, every year, the legislature is going to finally have to put a bill on my desk for the upcoming year's budget. And I have constantly said that the veto pen is extremely powerful. If I don't get the cuts I'm looking for, I will shut down Pennsylvania government annually. And I won't think twice about it. But there are mechanisms in place to make sure people that desperately need benefits, unemployment benefits and the like, will continue to get their checks. Unfortunately, I think that same mechanism keeps the legislature paid, which is a crime, truly a crime. But I will veto that and shut down government in the state. And hopefully save us a lot of money just doing that alone, until they finally put a decent, reasonable, sane budget on my desk every year. That's so great. I just and, did a
2: quick, go ahead. I just did a quick. Uh, I just did a quick search, and um, so here in Florida, the legislature has a base salary of just under thirty thousand dollars a year, twenty nine thousand six hundred ninety seven. Yeah. South Carolina has That's a base salary. What would you think it is if you just had to guess off the top of your head?
1: South Carolina sucks, man. I'm guessing like 50-60k.
2: 10,400. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Went the other way. Yeah, it went the other okay. way. I I thought it I thought it was going to be higher, but 10,000 and then all of them kind of have per diems and then mileage is right. and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah, yeah 10 10,400 according I don't know how accurate this website is. I just went And the in first
1: Pennsylvania it starts, it's going to start at $100,000, plus this, the per diems and all that stuff. Yes, they get their daily per diem and
0: plenty of great benefits. I mean, obviously, above and beyond the per diem, you've got pension, you've got travel. Um, and here's another one that is horrific in Pennsylvania. There is no ban on gifts that can, le- legislators can receive. Not only is there no ban, there's wow. no requirement for them to account for them. Uh, great example I'll use of this: uh, a gentleman, and he's the state senator in my district. A uh, gentleman named uh, Jake Corman. He is also the head of the Senate right now. Uh, he um, he has never come out for a gift ban, and he was also running for governor for the Republican nomination this year. He didn't even come close. Right. But the reason he never came out for a gift ban, uh, even during 2020 during the COVID lockdown, one of the lobbyists. Uh, flew he and his whole family to either Bermuda or the Bahamas for like a week-long tropical conference. This is the kind of crap these guys get on top of their exorbitant salaries. Wow! And I want to see that put in place. Now, they're talking about a gift ban right now as we speak. It may actually go through sometime soon. And uh, I've never been a fan at all of our current Governor Wolf, but I like to give people credit where credit's due. And one thing that he has done well, as soon as he took office eight years ago, uh, the first thing he did for his executive branch, he said, uh, gift ban across the board, guys, we here in the executive branch, no elected official or elected official will be permitted to receive a gift of any kind. Uh, I applaud that. And he has been asking the legislature to do the same. And They've just shut their ears and ignored them every step of the way. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that'll happen. now. But uh, okay. I won't be surprised if it doesn't.
1: So obviously to ought to uh, welcome all these new spending cuts and fiscal uh, responsibility, that means you'll also be able to have massive tax cuts, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. I point out that states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, you know, states that don't have income taxes, those are the states that are business friendly. You know, um, yep. and Pennsylvania needs to be one. We need to be a tax haven. If we can start cutting taxes, and I do mean all of the income taxes left and right, uh, we're going to be able to attract more businesses here. But Pennsylvania has the second highest uh, fuel taxes, both gas and diesel in the country. Those need slashed. And we easily could because a lot of the highway uh, fuel taxes don't go to highways here. Uh, uh, billions of dollars of it go to fund the state police. I'm sorry, the state police should be coming out of our general budget, not out of the highway budget. Uh, and then we have uh, we have so many other things here where we could cut. Uh, we have an inheritance tax here. I think that's particularly particularly regressive. You know, here we all are, we're working, right? Every day of our lives, we're working. Pennsylvania has a 3.07% income tax. Okay, it's flat. Uh, but, it's, but it's 50% higher in 1981 um so you have that now you get to keep what's left oh but wait everything you buy not everything you know not necessities like food and clothing but any other goods you buy in pennsylvania you've got a six percent sales tax on top of that and uh the counties of allegheny where pittsburgh is and philadelphia they have a seven percent tax a little bit more uh so now they're getting you on everything you buy of course, there's capital gains in this state. Uh, there's, we, we have a regressive, very regressive property tax system that needs to be totally thrown out. And our education system funding needs totally reformed. And it can be done. Uh, but then after paying all that all your life, here in Pennsylvania, when you die, oh, the state says, let's get them just one more time. Huh? And yeah. they nail you with an inheritance tax also if it is a... Uh, a lineal descendant, 6% like a sales tax. But if I leave all my stuff to one of you two, you've got to pay 15. Uh, and I just think it's horrible, uh, immoral that dying in Pennsylvania gives rise to a taxable event. Uh, and as a CPA all my life, I've had to deal with these and see them. and I find them just as obnoxious now as I have all those other years. So they it's, need to be changed. In time.
1: So when you say lineal descendant, that means do I have to be a blood relative, or what if yes. it's like a, a, a spouse or something like that? Um, spouses count as lineal. Uh, okay. But, you about, know, if you're, so, but it, like,
2: what if what if it's like an d- adopted child would count then? That,
1: that would, would count. Oh, okay. that would okay. count. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just anyone that's not your relative. They right. more they almost triple the tax. Almost yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Like two, it's uh, two they, and a half. they time. only have
0: that one last chance. They only have that one last chance. So that's it. Yeah.
1: That's
2: insane. And like, but that's that's something that you see everywhere. They're they're gonna tax you when you get paid. They're gonna tax you when you buy things. You know, not here in Florida, they don't tax you when you get paid, but other places. Mm-hmm. Um, they tax you when you get paid, they tax you when you buy something, they tax you when you sell something, mm-hmm. uh, they tax you basically every way out, and then so many other places say that it's immoral for you to be able to just give people what you have saved so they tax that as well and the immoral thing is you're you're taxing them every way along every the way. step and then at the every step and then you're taxing it at the end when they die that yes that money has been that money has been taxed a hundred times over yes. by that point exactly and you're trying to get more
0: and, and then people will sometimes say to me okay joe So what are you going to replace it with? And I'll give them a solution. I'll say, look, if I'm constantly cutting spending as far as I can, I I can keep cuts to a minimum. Or making the cuts I want to make will be a hell of a lot easier. Next, if I'm cutting taxes, again, Pennsylvania becomes a tax haven. Business-friendly states have already found this out. When businesses are flocking here, what happens? Your tax base... Broad goes up. Yeah. Yeah. So I may be dropping percentages or eliminating taxes, but if the pool's getting wider, we still have revenue inflow that's more than adequate. And then I point out look, between the two, if we're going to be cutting taxes, cutting spending, drawing more people in, we'll have more than enough to go around. And it has been proven by states like, like Florida, like Tennessee. So it can happen here. We just have to have people who are willing to say, let's try something different. I guarantee you this. Um, if nothing changes, if they keep just electing the failed duopoly like they have for decades, I'm willing to bet in just 10 years, that operating budget will hit $60 billion in, in short order. Uh, and I'm very confident saying that. Now, obviously, I can't prove it yet. But it's one of those moments where I can sit here on Muddy Waters Media and say, mark my words, I'm willing to bet it'll happen, prove me wrong.
1: Oh, it's likely it'll happen even before that. It it might double in 10 years, honestly, especially with inflation, there's a good chance it might double in that 10 year time to to 80 billion. So, uh, one last thing that we were talking about, uh, before we started, you want to, uh, also make a radical change, uh, to the way that, uh, that drugs are being treated by basically ending the war on drugs in Pennsylvania as well. Tell us about the model you want to use.
0: Well, I point out to people, you know, uh, when they, all of a sudden here in Pennsylvania, we're starting to talk about drug, well, marijuana legalization. Now, and Governor Wolf just tweeted today, it's time to do this, you know, and I pointed out to him in a response. I said, hey, Governor, just four years ago when you ran for office, you quoted your, your comment was Pennsylvania is not ready to legalize drugs.
2: Yeah, a said, lot's changed. Hey, in, I, a lot's changed in four years, apparently.
0: Well, yeah, I, and I, exactly. <laughs> so I said, so what's changed? Actually, nothing has changed in the last exactly. 50 or more. And, uh, and I pointed out to them, all they want is a new revenue stream, like they did with Gambling State. Yep. We're now the second uh, largest casino gambling state in the nation, second only to- Are you really? Yes. Uh, you could go back 30 years. People were still saying, oh, you'll never see table games come to Pennsylvania. We're number two to Nevada. And, uh, and that's great. You know, uh, to me, it's like a golf course. It's entertaining. Uh, If somebody wants to spend a hundred bucks today on gambling or a hundred bucks golfing, go have fun.
1: Whichever. Back to drugs
0: drugs for a minute. Portugal. The country of Portugal in, again, 2002, they decided to look at the drug war differently. Rather than look at it as a criminal problem, they decided to look at it as a medical problem. And they ended the war on drugs. They didn't just legalize them. They decriminalized all. Think of that all drugs there's a i 'm not recommending people take drugs, but what I 'm saying is we have created a class of vic, non victim criminals through this yep. damn drug war, and yeah, Portugal in their 20 year uh, real-time study, their addiction rates have gone down their HIV related infections have gone down every significant marker that we've been trying to improve upon they 've done for a fraction of the cost because they their, their medical intervention efforts are much more successful than anything we do as a criminal intervention. That's what I want to do in Pennsylvania. And if I have to do it in ways that may even be in the face of federal government regulations, I'm prepared to do that. Now, I don't know if the legislature will have the spine for it, but I do. And if we do that, we'll end up saving a ton of money. We'll end up... Co- you know, stopping ruining people's lives. Uh, I I point out to people, imagine you are, uh, you, you pick up a flower pot and you're holding a geranium. You're not doing anything wrong. It's a geranium. Well, if I pick up this pot and it happens to be a marijuana plant, I'm sorry, it's the same thing. I should be able to grow this in my window box. But here, what we've done, we've incarcerated people and ruin their lives. They come out of jail. Now we totally handicapped them in getting housing, employment, yep. credit. Uh, we've probably destroyed marriages and families. It, oh, it yeah. is so counterproductive. Yeah. So if we look at it the other way as Portugal has, we're going to have the same great results on a massively larger scale. I would love to be that governor that proves that point in a few short four years. Uh, It can be done here and I I am confident we'll make it happen.
1: So you want to make government much smaller budget cuts tax cuts and you want to get them out of a uh, treating what is a medical problem that's what addiction and overdose is it's a medical and mm-hmm. a health problem that's usually masking a mental health problem but that's a whole other subject yes. uh you're right. you're mm-hmm. you're dealing with it as the actual health issue it is and stop treating people like criminals uh who are just trying Absolutely. to basically medicate themselves um, and so uh, if someone wants to get involved in your campaign, they want to help donate to it, what is it that you need? Obviously, every campaign needs money. Uh, how can people reach out to you? But also, how else can they get involved besides giving you money if they live in Pennsylvania?
0: Well, well I'll tell you what. First of all, uh, let me let me answer that by by putting on my Muddy Waters media voice just for a minute. Yes, yes. you can check me out at Joe Solowski. That's right. Joe And in doing so, there's a donate button. Spike's absolutely right. Campaigns are extremely expensive, and we need every buck we can get, especially if we're going to take down the duopoly, which is desperately needed. The sooner that we have third parties, and I even mean multiple third parties, you know, we Keystone parties, Green, Constitution, third party presence in all areas of government, that's when we'll finally start to see some great changes and improvements. So, uh, volunteer wise, also. You know, we've got 60 days till Election Day ballpark here. Um, if you're available to volunteer, we would love to hear from you. We need you helping us uh, at the polls on Election Day. We need you before then knocking on doors, reaching out to voters. Uh, if that's something that turns you on, uh, we want to be able to utilize your great talents to uh, to help us with it.
1: Awesome. Well, that's great. And if people want to reach out to you, they can do that. uh, JoeSoloski.com. And thank you, Joe. Now, you're going to be sticking around uh, for the second part of our interview, but the rest of you, uh, if you have not yet become subscribers uh, you will be missing out on the second part and it's a much better part this was just the warm-up we're gonna get in the really really juicy stuff uh in the subscriber only episode so if you want to become a subscriber go to anchor.fm slash muddy slash subscribe not only will you get access to the second part of this interview you'll get access to the exclusive Muddy waters only content every single week uh you will also get discounts at the Muddy waters media store as well as uh discounts at participating vendors all of that for the Low, low price of 10 US Federal Reserve notes, which are losing value in your pocket rapidly right now as we speak. Uh, so every month it's a discount from the month before. Uh, Anchor.fm slash moneywater slash subscribe. Well, folks, just like I said a moment ago, we are just getting started with this episode. The best part is yet to come. And again, if you want to uh, be able to see uh, this second part and all the other Muddy Waters exclusive content, and I forgot to mention, uh, you also get an ad-free listening and uh, viewing experience on all available uh, podcasting platforms, including Anchor and Spotify. All you got to do is go to anchor.fm slash Muddy slash subscribe. You get that plus... Uh, a, uh, a discount at the Muddy Water store, as well as a discount at our participating vendors. All of that at anchor.fm slash Muddy slash subscribe. It's only $10 a month. Best $10 a month you're ever going to spend. Yes. So we will join you right back here on Saturday for the final conclusion, the denouement of the uh, Joe Siloski interview. Oh boy, does it get better and better. Folks, we can't wait to have you if you are a subscriber. If you're not, we still, you're all right. You're fine. We're good. We're good. We're still good. We'll see you next week. But if you are a subscriber, oh boy, howdy. Uh, are you going to get a great thing? For only 10 bucks a month, these poor schlubs, huh? they're going to miss out on it. But, but you, you're going to get the good thing. So uh, look forward to that. We'll see you on Saturday. And where we're going,
2: we don't need rope.